Hey, my lovely ladies, before the show starts, I'm looking for some more six and seven figure female founders and CEOs to interview. So please go to www.twwguest.com to apply. In today's episode, we're interviewing Heather Roberts. She is a boundaries and business mentor. Heather serves high achieving women who are juggling the growth of their own businesses and raising their families. Heather teaches extraordinary women how to beat burnout and find balance by simply maintaining better boundaries. She believes women need to create space by maintaining boundaries, leveraging our strengths, and supporting each other. Today, she's going to take us behind the scenes to her number one secret to balance in your life and business. And so this should be an amazing episode. Welcome, Heather. Thank you so much, Jackie. I'm happy to be here. This is great. Yeah, so glad to have you here. Well, we always just like to dive right in. So what is this number one secret to balance? Ah, number one secret is having your own personal definition of boundaries. And it sounds kind of like, it sounds so simplistic, but it's not. It is the foundation for everything. Because once you have decided how you personally define boundaries, then you're able to look at your relationships either at work or personally and figure out, are those working within the definition that you have set? Um, and so a lot of times what we find out is that the two don't mesh. And so then we have to put in a plan to, to make that work for everybody. Tell us a little bit how you kind of uncovered this secret? You know, um, great question. So I have always had pretty strong boundaries um, with the businesses that I have run and in my family. Um, I noticed that I really started doing this more in about 2015. Um, I was running a multi-million dollar company. I had three children that were like, you know, all into all kinds of sports and all kinds of everything. And um, my husband traveled a lot. So I literally one night at 3 a.m. had a kind of freak out moment and was like, I can't do this anymore. And that's when it became like a hard and a fast rule. Um, and so I started looking at boundaries differently, um, meaning some people are like, well, it's just the point of which you don't go beyond. And I'm like, that doesn't work for me. And the thing that I've really learned is that every single person's definition is a little different. For me, I look at the boundaries in my life, like my backyard. I have a fence that goes around the backyard and it keeps all the, the craters out that I don't want. Right. But here's the catch. It also has a gate. And so that allows me to be flexible in the boundaries I set, because what may be working for me today may not work two years from now, or mm -hmm. even 30 days from now. So it's being able to let in the things that work and then tell the things that don't, bye-bye, it's time to go. <laughs> you know, so it's, 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 it's allowing myself the flexibility to ever be evolving. And I think one of the other things that I realized is that when I approach that for myself with flexibility, then it gives me the space and I can breathe. You know, some people, they need to have a little more, you know, a, a stricter boundary. Some are not as much. One of my clients, um, her boundary is to be safe of mind, body, and spirit. So everything she does and everyone she interacts with is based around those three things, you know, that she feels safe in mind and body and spirit. And I was like, 
that's, that's amazing. You know, another, yeah, another client that I have, she was, she was very much of the textbook definition, you know, she's like, you know, if they cross that line, then no, (laughs) you know, so I think that's, it just shows how vastly different we all look at the world and how we look at our, our businesses and, you know, our relationships that there's not a one size fits all approach. And what kind of outcomes do you see come out of this new approach to boundaries? Yeah. So one of the things I see right away is um, increased flexibility in time. So what, when you create, especially when you have um, more strict boundaries around your work, um, you actually realize you're doing a lot of things you don't need to be doing and that you're not supposed to be doing. And, you know, that aren't really in the case of somebody who owns their own business doesn't is not moving the needle forward. They're not growing the revenue. So as an entrepreneur, you need to be focused on the things that grow revenue and that are in your zone of genius, right? So right off the bat, because I do work with entrepreneurs, the number one thing I see is they get about on average eight to 10 hours of a week back that, mm-hmm. you know, so that it creates, ex, you know, automatic um, flexibility. The mm-hmm. other thing it that we've noticed is I, I mentioned the space and the breathing, but when we start working together and look at the longer term, when they have that that extra time, then they're able to breathe. And when they're able to breathe, they're able to think. And the thinking leads to creating, which increases revenue in their business on average of at least 30%. So when we allow ourselves that boundary freedom, contradiction, but it's true, then <laughs> you're, you know, in your business, it allows you um you know, to, to really lean in and do what you're good at and and grow from a personal perspective. Um, the number one thing I find is confidence increases because it's, you're owning what you need as a human being, you're owning what you need in your, your spirit and your soul. And it increases your confidence. And then just by nature of increasing confidence, you are increasing your happiness, your mental health well-being. You know, there's just the ripple effect. Your relationships improve. Your overall health improves. Um, you're less likely to get sick. I mean, they're like literal, tangible, actionable things that we can relate back to creating boundaries that increase confidence and all of the things that can make it improve in your personal life and your professional. Well, it's, it's now very clear why boundaries are, are so important. <laughs> I mean, you're like, so it basically does everything. It accomplishes everything, all, all the places it gets better. Everything gets better. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. And it's funny because, you know, people are like, oh, boundaries. Like it's a dirty word. Like it's a four letter word. But when you start to really think about it, it's the, it's the fabric of everything. It's the foundation. Yeah. And so tell us a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey. I know this is not, you mentioned this was not your first business. So tell us a little bit about that and how that has played out, especially with this idea of boundaries. Yeah. So I have been an entrepreneur since 2007. Um, my husband, before that I was a stay-at-home mom and I was like the professional volunteer, right? I was, the, <laughs> you know, I'm, I was the one that all the kids, you know, got in the car and we took them to soccer practice and blah, 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 blah. I was that mom. Um, yeah. And in 2007, um, my husband 
had been in corporate and we made the decision to stop living the corporate life. It was just not working for our family. And we moved back to North Carolina where I'm from and really didn't know what the hell we were going to do. Like literally had no earthly idea. And, um, really it was, I am almost embarrassed to admit it was a wrong number that led us into what we do or what, what the business was. Um, someone from, um, a Canadian company mistakenly called my husband thinking he was somebody else and it wasn't, and they were looking for someone to help them get on walmart.com. Well, he had background in that. And that was what started our firm. It's a, um, we help home decor and furniture companies grow their e-commerce sales channel. So that think the Wayfairs, the Amazons, the Overstocks, Home Depot Lowe's, the really big channels. So that was a thing. And we started that together. Mm -hmm. After a few years, he had an opportunity to do something else that he really wanted to do. So he left the business and I continued to grow it. Um, In 2012, we were doing, um, multiple seven figures doing amazingly well. Um, but I was bone tired. And so I said to him, Hey, you know, something's got to give either. I'm going to pay somebody a lot of money or we can keep this money in the family. (laughs) Um, and you know, do this. So he decided to come back. Um, and we had an interesting thing, which we learned because I'd had all these years by myself in the, in, in the agency to grow it, that, I was like, no, I lead the company. You know, I'm the boss. And he was like, what are you talking about? I'm the boss. I was like, no. (laughs) So let's just say after about six months of that, I decided I really wanted to stay married to that man. And I loved him very much that I needed to decide either, you know, I was like, you know what, at the same time of all of this, I have had a lot of clients that were asking me for design direction and trends and doing all those kinds of things. And I had a mentor say to me, why don't you start your own product company? And so I pulled out of the leadership type of the leadership roles in our, in our organization, in our company, in our organization, um, and stayed more in, you know, consulting. We ended up having to bring somebody in, you know, there was things, but, um, so I started, uh, in 2013, my decorative throw pillow company within, and we took the same business model, you know, we sold only to online retailers. Um, And so I was able to very rapidly grow that business to be a top five pillow supplier at Wayfair within two and a half years. Um, And we, we sold everywhere. It was an amazing experience. We were on um, like HGTV, Property Brothers. We were in, you know, all kinds of the national publications. It was a wild, wild ride. But like all wild rides, sometimes you take a step back. And for me, it was, I don't like this. Like I'm doing this, but I don't love it. Yeah. And so I am a, by nature, a very systems person. I am very organized and I look at things very, um, you know, analytically. So I had done all of the things to make those automations in the business happen. And I decided that I needed about six more months and then I would see if I could sell it. Um, put the company on the market in 2019. Um, Six weeks later, we were closed. We were through due diligence. We were everything, all new owners. And that was almost four years ago. Um, And so that is really what was the, I went back to RSG sales, reorganized the company and COVID hit. And I said, 
hmm, you know, I think we're having some real problems with the world with women not understanding their own worth and their own value and how they can establish that through boundaries. And so that's what made mm-hmm. me you know, kind of lean into my passion, um, which is helping, you know, extraordinary women grow their businesses, but most importantly, find that peace and that balance that they want in their lives. And I'm really fortunate because I can lean into this 100% because it's, I don't, this isn't income driven. This is mission driven. I have income you know? Mm-hmm. So that's not this, if this is different. So this mm-hmm. for me is completely something I'm passionate about. Now, yes, I do charge people, but <laughs> it's not my driving factor. <laughs> yeah. I think that that's, I, I actually have been talking to a lot of women entrepreneurs lately who are, have gone through a very similar journey where it's like, yeah. Hey, I was doing this. It was very successful, but ultimately I had to decide, like, is the, you know, am I just going to keep doing things because it's successful and because it brings in money, or am I going to really listen to what my strengths are? And oftentimes it's a message that you just feel like it's just not out there. People are not talking about it. And it's either you're going to take that, that mantle, or (laughs) it's going to continue to be a struggle for some Exactly. And I've actually been able to, so I, I work, um, in our agency, uh, business about, two to three hours a week, very much like direction, right? So kind of at that, that board type level. Um, Mm -hmm. And then because I know what I want at this stage of life, I'm 52 years old, I have three kids in their 20s. So Mm -hmm. I also have intentionally said, I don't work on Fridays. I don't usually work on Mondays. This is an exception. (laughs) (laughs) And then I work, you know, only Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays. And I don't work more than 22 hours a week because I'm, I'm at the stage where I can do that. And I understand how incredibly lucky and um, honored and privileged I am to do that. But, you know, it's after years of just going, going, going and hustle, hustle, hustle. It's nice to be able to slow down. Yeah. Before we kind of switch, I'd love to hear just a little bit more on that because I think that that is, I'd love to hear about your thoughts on like that, that hustle and busy, busy, busy versus kind of the results you're able to get with that extra time. Like part of it is that you have, you have the the luxury of, of the yes. resources being there, of course, but yeah. I, I thought, yeah, I would love to hear your thoughts on how you think your results, results and outcomes are right. Versus yeah. So Um, I actually think I can tell you that I am, and what I work with, with my clients is we are probably four times more productive in the time that we do spend in our businesses because we're incredibly focused on what we want to achieve and what we are, what we're working on and where we're headed. Um, I work with and teach a, a method that, um, it's a combination of a couple different things that people do, but I call it the six, three, three, three. So it's six and a three cubed, Um, but it's working on six week cycles, meaning I don't, we don't plan beyond six weeks at a time. The reason is it's an, it's an easy timeframe to like understand and to start to see, you know, actionable results. So Mm -hmm. each six weeks we pick three, you know, big, things that we're going to work on, whatever we're, our initiatives are. And mm-hmm. then each week we pick the three things that are going to make that happen. And then each day 
the three things that'll make the, th the goal of the week happen, the goals of the week. So um, when you do that, you're able to be incredibly focused. So mm -hmm. I am anti-hustle culture, 100% anti-hustle culture. I can almost guarantee you that I could go into any entrepreneur's business and find them eight hours. I guarantee it, you know, because we just, this idea of I gotta do, I gotta do, I gotta do. It ends up with burnout. Yeah. And, and as you mentioned about that, that time to step away and get headspace, right? When you can actually spend time thinking, then you're so much more creative and you're so much more able to iterate and change and pivot faster and take, you know, see opportunities versus I must stick with the plan. So, well, and another thing that I have found, um, and I don't know if you have this, but if it's not in my calendar, it doesn't mm -hmm. happen. Yeah. So I, you know, I'll find a reason to look at TikTok instead of, you know, <laughs> doing something I'm supposed to be doing. Um, so, so I actually, even in my work days, I will schedule in, you know, like quote unquote creative time, whether that's mm -hmm. to read a book that is about a topic that is beneficial for my clients, or mm -hmm. if it's just me and like, and I'll like go to a coffee shop or I go on a walk and I just you know, don't engage like, and that's when the ideas come. That's when the things start really flowing. But if I don't schedule that, it doesn't happen. Yeah. I, I completely agree. Yeah. It's not on my calendar. It's not happening. I actually call it creative cave time. Uh, so yeah. I, I, I literally, yeah, that's, it's on my calendar, creative cave and it, it can happen out. I do it on walks a lot. That's one of my favorite yeah. ways. Yeah. Yeah. So, so tell us about some of the kind of new challenges you're taking on. I heard that you also have a, a podcast. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes, I do. It is called Boundaries, Business, and Boobs, um, which I love the alliteration. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, but yeah, so I just actually just started that in January of this wow. year. Um, and it fits with my long-term goal, which is to, you know, to reach as many women as I possibly can. And, you know, I can throw out the grand number that I have, but I think it's more important to focus on in the, in, in, in my podcast, um, I interview women who have been, who've been burned out, who have struggled with the overwhelm, who, you know, have families, have businesses, you know, all of the things, um, yep. And they're on kind of the other side. And so it's like, what has been your journey to get there? And what have you learned about boundaries? And, mm -hmm. you know, how have you implemented the different aspects um, in your life? And, you know, one of the things I ask every guest is what is their definition of boundaries? And so I interview one person a week, but I cannot wait because I think, you know, when I get like two or three years under the belt, I'm going to make yeah. a book. I'm going to write a book. That's just all the definitions of boundaries, you know? And yeah. I just like, to me, I think that's so freaking cool. Um, so, so it is super fun. I have interviewed, um, most everyone is in their, you know, mid to late thirties, um, okay. and, and older. Um, I've interviewed people from all over the world. Um, everything from, um, a chef <laughs> to, um, you know, some business coaches to, um, a gal who started her own short-term rental, uh, company. Mm -hmm. Um, you, I mean, financial advisors, it's just been everything mm -hmm. under the sun. Um, you know, uh, uh, 
lady who owns um, a company that helps uh, body shops be more profitable, like random, right? Yeah. But it's so incredible because I get to hear all of their stories Mm -hmm. and, you know, I am beginning to pick out kind of that, that hero's journey. And so I'm being, there are some commonalities. Um, One being is that these women have actually, all the women I interview tend to be the primary breadwinner in their households, which is unique. Yeah. They are all type A. (laughs) They (laughs) all hit a point in their lives when they, when what they're doing wasn't working any longer. It wasn't serving them anymore. Um, And how they either recognized it or came through it is where the interesting part comes in. That's amazing. Yeah. I, there's something about those, you know, those women who have to be so driven. I, I, it doesn't actually surprise me that they are the breadwinner because they have to take care of things. So they always have, but as humans, we have capacity, right? And so when we spend, <laughs> and as women, we 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 take on everything and for everything oh, yeah. for everyone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The mental load we carry is, it's like a boulder, right? <laughs> right. That's wonderful. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure my audience will really enjoy checking that out as well. So before we we kind of completely switch gears, I I always ask all of my guests. Um, speaking of the question. <laughs> Here we ask our guests what it is in their life that makes them truly wealthy that has nothing to do with money. My family. Mm. The relationship that I have with my husband and our children, we have a very, very close-knit nuclear family. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was from, there's something my mom used to say, um, when I was younger and it's so true. And I actually even repeat it to my kids now. And it's when I'm old and driving you crazy, the only person who's going to understand is your brother. (laughs) He's the only one who's going to have the same experience. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, bless her heart. She's in her late seventies. Wow. Sometimes she drives me crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, it is true that I can, you know, I can text my brother and go, okay, the teenagers are loose again. You know, that's what I call them. (laughs) Um, So I swear, anybody who has aging parents, there's not a woman I have talked to that says it's like they revert to teenagers. It's it's a reversion. It's they, yes, you're going back and eventually they reach toddler level. Uh, as in their 80s or 90s they become it's like you're like oh god as a toddler again how yes 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 so mine are at the teenage stage and they've been here for a while and um, <laughs> i think it must be payback <laughs> <laughs> you put them through the rigor so yeah <laughs> yeah no but so that's really it is i just um and it's the quiet little moments it's like this morning, um, this is gonna sound so hokey, but it's so honest to God true. So this morning I got up and it was a pretty morning and we have, you know, we have our backyard. I have a pool in the backyard, which we love and enjoy, but it was also, um, like it was, you could tell it was just getting ready to start sprinkling, not really raining. It was like the sun was out and it was like sprinkling and the birds were just 
like singing and chirping. And I could see this little cardinal in our crate myrtle. And literally I watched it is it talked back and forth to its partner. And I was like, that is amazing. And you know, that I can't, money can't buy that. No, it, it, it really can't. I was just reading the other day about our, our human need for the sense of awe. And the more mm-hmm. we seek it out and find it in places just like that, right? Where it's yeah. just, I, I was watching some squirrels uh, bang around in a tree and then dive across to the other tree this morning. And it's just, it's yeah. just brings you such joy and awe and go, that's what life is how do we bring more of that into our day to day? I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> so if our audience wants to find out about how to, you know, work with you or get support from you or just learn more about boundaries, how would they go about doing that? The best way to do it is to go to extraordinarywomen.co. That has um, links to the podcast, more about me, how I work with people. Um, And if you just, you know, or if you're on Instagram, the other way is to follow me at at boundaries, business and boobs. It's easy. (laughs) So easy, easy to remember. And we always will get a chuckle every time we think of it. So (laughs) thank you for that. (laughs) Well, Heather, it was wonderful to have you today. I know the audience has learned so much. Um, and really that important takeaway around boundaries. I mean, how can we not immediately go out and be like, what are my boundaries? I love that. There you go. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for having me today. This has been a hoot. I love it. It's great. (laughs) Hey everyone. I really hope you enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more, the wealthy woman podcast content, make sure to subscribe. And here's a way we can help you for free. If you are a six, seven, or eight-figure female founder and CEO, we want to see and interview you on one of our podcast shows. Head to twwguest.com. Again, that's twwguest.com. I hope to see you on our next interview. Now, at The Wealthy Woman, we help six, seven, and eight-figure female founders and CEOs to scale their business by using unconventional approaches like leading-edge science and tapping into their unique authenticity code that sounds good to you and you want to get some help, then we're inviting you to book a short chat with our team to see how we can best help you. Go to www.thewealthywoman.com slash chat. Again, that's www.thewealthywoman.com slash chat.